Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And this week, we're going to start off talking about crossovers. I don't know why we decided that last week. Is the end of we got recording like, oh, is this crossover that ever? They're like, oh, we'll just talk about crossovers this week. I think we were talking about the CW Arrowverse crossovers at one time and just all the multitudes of crossovers that we could talk about. That sounds about right. Does anyone want to start with one? Do they know a crossover they want to speak of? That? Do you think of crossovers that pops into their head? Uh, well, all the big uh, Marvel and DC crossovers, all their big event books that have all their characters crossing over with each other, uh, Civil War... Uh, Blackest Night, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, I guess which what is one when you when someone says, "Hey, what's your favorite crossover?" Or what is a good what is a good crossover? Let's see your favorite. What's a good crossover? First one comes to mind for me would be Blackest Night. Okay, and why? I haven't read it yet. I need to. It's written by but. Jeff Johns. It's a fantastic book. Um, it's uh basically a war of all of the different colored power rings in the Green Lantern universe and uh, Black Hand uses the Black Ring to resurrect all of the dead characters. Black Hand uh, uses the Black Power Ring to resurrect all the dead characters and all of your heroes and villains even are in the mix having to fight Black Ring zombie versions of all the deceased characters. So it's a fantastic book. Uh, I guess my first thing that whenever I think of crossover, first one comes to mind is Civil War, the original Civil War. Um, came out in 2006, written by Mark Miller, and that's our go-to for anybody that's brand new with comics. Like, hey, if you want to read Marvel stuff that since you've watched the movies, this is the best thing that you can get pretty much all the characters in it. And if you want, you can dive into the tie-ins of everybody else has their own, like Civil War, Spider-Man, Civil War, Iron Man, Civil War, every, anyone and everyone. They had their own Civil War. But the main book itself is definitely the biggest one that we recommend to people. I would agree. Civil War is a fantastic book. And I would say it was better than the movie. Yeah, definitely. I would say so. Uh, if you read the comic first and then watched the movie, it seemed lacking. Like, the airport scene seemed uh, so minuscule compared to the comic because, I mean... At the time, Fox still owned X-Men, and in right. the comic, it was the Avengers, X-Men, Fantastic Four, basically everyone picking Team Cap or Team Iron Man, and it split all of those teams. So it was very large scale. And I think it would have done better as a part one, part two, if they would have done, if they would have had the full everybody, like, okay, here's them, you know, why the Civil War happens, you know, someone unmasking, a la Spider-Man did in the comics, spoiler alert, I guess. That's... Yeah, 15 years right. ago almost so uh, yeah and it's, it's already been fault. washed so yeah. right yeah it's already been undone <laughs> it's your own fault if you have a spoiler for that one right <laughs> but i i think that because of the lack of having everybody they did the best that they could oh, definitely. for as short of a term as they did as well definitely and with the marvel movie universe i think it fit very well and it was very well done i loved it that's one of my favorite marvel movies anyways so well, and one thing, too, is it wasn't Avengers Civil War. It was Captain America. So it was right. a Captain America movie. Right. So, like, they had as many as they could slash wanted to at the time without being yeah. a full team book And as or movie. the movie in the Marvel Universe, it worked. Right. Uh, another one I have on my list is Infinity Gauntlet, um, back from 91, which is because of the whole Infinity War endgame duo movies. Like, it was the inspiration for Infinity War. Uh, 91, and that was written by Jim Starlin, which not familiar with him, but... No, but we've probably read plenty of his work over the years. Right. What's another one on your list, Jared? Another one on my list was Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice. A relatively new one, because they've actually done two versions of that, too. Or did they do three? Uh, well, they've done two different versions, and each one has, like, two books. So they did the animated um, Batman with the animated Turtles, and then comic book Batman with comic book Turtles. Okay. Like, one is Batman Turtles, the other was like Turtles Batman. I liked that they did both the cartoon aspect and the comic book version of it, right. too. And they did an animated movie with it. Oh, that's right. They did, didn't yeah. they? The animated movie was pretty good, too. And I think that was based off of the cartoon style, too. Like, it wasn't the I think so, yeah. gritty comic book style. Yeah. It needed to be. It was a cartoon. Yeah. It, right. Another one on my list that Laura will like is... I. I can I can buy them together, Spider Verse and Spider Geddon. Yeah, I was just thinking of those, but I wasn't sure if they counted because they're all still Spider characters. It wasn't like, but I guess they a lot of them had their own titles, right? Like well, Miles and Gwen and 
M2 stuff. Yeah, and just that I'm saying they're crossing over of universes, too. Okay. As well, I'm yeah. like doing a cheat of like, all right, well, it's multiverse stuff, so yeah. close enough for me. Thank you. Spider-Verse was 2014, and that was by Dan Slott, and Spider-Geddon was 2018 by Christos Cage. And the, the Spider-Verse inspired the 2018 movie, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and that movie was really good. Yeah. Like, they did a good job of making it its own, too. And they're, I think they announced they're going to be doing a second one that comes out next year, I think. Sounds right. But yeah, it's Spider-Mans of all the different universes. Spider-Man Noir, SBDR. Mayday Parker. Mayday. Hello. Well, yeah. Spider-Gwen. Well, I guess she's, that's... Yeah, that was... Yeah, she was there. I think Spider-Verse was the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. Ah, uh, no. No? I don't think so. I thought that was the beginning of her. Edge of Spider-Verse number two. So yeah, it was Spider-Verse that she was in. Okay. My mistake. Woohoo, I was right. I won a Spider-Man trivia. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) You make the trivia. That's cheating. (laughs) But yeah, um, I really liked it. And like you said, that was the creation of Spider-Gwen, which is a huge character now. Yeah. Jump to my next one that I had was Secret Wars. Both the old version and the new version are both monumental for spider-man the first one had the first black suit spider-man uh and then the second one brought miles morales into the main 616 universe can you refresh my memory was secret wars where they were kind of like abducted by aliens and put on this planet to do battle with each other the first one was the first one was. yes okay it's been a while since i've read that don't forget there are like three secret wars there's another secret wars too so but that one i don't really know what happened right. I'm going with the main Secret Wars, no numbers. Um, okay. Well, when you said the second one did this, it's like, wait, the real second one didn't do that. <laughs> it's like the third one. The second Secret Wars that was just titled Secret Wars was the one that brought in Miles. And that was the one where Doom was like God King of the multiverse and like combined a whole bunch of universes together into one battle, one battle world that had different universes together. So that brought Miles Morales into the main universe and Old Man Logan. Actually, they brought him into the main 616 after that, through the fallout of that. Yeah, that was confusing to me. Well, Wolverine was dead, so they needed they needed to have a Wolverine. So they're like, well, people love Old Man Logan. So Sorry, I meant the whole story. Like, uh, how Doom was doing this stuff. I'm not sure if it's a spoiler, so I don't know if I should even say the one guy. But I mean, there was, like, one guy all by himself, like, being held hostage to do stuff for Doom. And when they got to that, I was like, what is going on? So, any other ones that you had on your list, Jared? Flashpoint. Uh, that was a phenomenal book as well. Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mother from death and kind of pretty much wrecks the planet in doing so. All changes to the timeline. Uh, it, pitted, it pitted Atlantis versus the Amazons. Wonder Woman versus Aquaman brought uh, Thomas Wayne version of batman that was a fantastic book they made the animated movie out of it also and the flash arrowverse they used a different version of that as well and there i think the flash upcoming flash movie will be doing that as well i think so uh which i think they announced michael keaton will be returning yeah that's a lot of spinoffs from that one pretty big thing and it led into the controversial new 52 but then that led into the much more liked rebirth yeah which is the current universe of dc Yep. Another one was House of M. That was next on my list. The X-Men and the Avengers team up to control Scarlet Witch? Well, sort of. So it starts with uh, Scarlet Witch making everyone's dreams come true, where there's like utopia world, where everyone got their biggest heart's desire. And it kind of fell apart because Wolverine was, he always wanted to know what happened in his past. So his biggest wish was to know, know what was going on which was the undoing of the universe, because like, oh, well, then you'll know that this isn't the main universe that we set up. And House of M was like House of Magneto, I believe, is what it's supposed to be. Right, because Magneto was in, pretty much in charge. He was pretty much, yeah, he was in charge of everything, which that was his wish, was like to save mutants and have everyone under him, more or less, and him being leader. So it's either House of M as mutants or Magneto, whichever take you want to do on it. Um, but yeah, that one kind of wrecked the, the mutant universe for the next five, six years with the whole no no more mutants at the end. One other crossover that I have that is not necessarily comic book related, but sort of is, uh, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Possibly the biggest crossover of all movie history. I agree with that. <laughs> with being 
made for the last 11 years now 12 years now i don't i don't know we did have alien versus predator <laughs> yeah i guess but like this is the most consistent i should say um so like that they've never no one's ever really done that many movies tied into one universe one continuity and disney and marvel have been just going to work with that yeah they're knocking it out of the park with every single movie looks like you have another one on your list maybe i've got a handful here um kind of going with the other movies or let's stay with marvel their netflix uh stuff before disney bought marvel before disney moved to disney plus right uh they had uh, daredevil jessica jones luke cage and iron fist and they did a crossover with the four shows into the defenders show which was really good each of those shows have their own merits too yeah, I actually, and then they did Punisher also. Oh, they yes, that's Punisher right. I well. forgot about Punisher. <laughs> so, yeah, that's their own little pocket universe that they did. Um, one I'm going to do kind of cheating, uh, Joker War that's going on right now. Heck yeah. That's a pretty good crossover. Yep. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, then stay tuned. We'll talk more about it later with this week's comics. <laughs> but in short, the Joker has taken over uh, Bruce Wayne's fortune and is, and in turn, Batman's fortune. And is running amok. And has control of Nightwing. And he does have mind control of Nightwing for now. What's another one on your list? Uh, going back to comic books, uh, one of my favorites. It's a little more controversial and deals with some more adult topics, you might say, was Identity Crisis from DC Comics. It deals with uh, the death of um, elongated man's wife who we later find out was raped uh, on the Watchtower before anybody could get there by Dr. Light. That's kind of important. The heroes pretty much voted to mind-wipe Dr. Light and make him a little less violent. And it becomes undone in this this book. So they're dealing with the, the fallout of not only her death, but her rape from years ago that's a pretty heavy book yeah it's a pretty heavy book yeah i'm surprised you don't remember that alex we did that in book club where were you oh, i just must not liked it <laughs> <laughs> you wiped it from your mind too. yeah some people didn't like it it's so just, it was pretty heavy yeah. i mean they dealt with a lot of different things find out they mind wiped batman too yeah that's yeah. a big no-no so, yeah he was not happy with that. Now I remember that. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much any mind wipes are dangerous. Yeah. It's almost like time travel. Like. I remember uh, Michael Turner did the cover art to it. Did he did the... I can't remember if he did the interior art, but I know he did the cover arts for it. And, you know, he passed away from cancer years ago, and he was a phenomenal artist. Yeah. So, Oh, uh, DC and Marvel team-ups. Oh, the actual crossovers. The crossovers. There was... The Amalgam, also. The Amalgam, that was a great one. That had, uh, basically, they, I don't remember the whole story. It's been so long. That came out in... Early 90s. 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it was basically, they did a mashup of characters. Uh, Captain America and Superman became a character. Wolverine and Batman were together. Wonder Woman and Storm. And I remember Robin and Jubilee. Which, I mean, kind of makes sense, because yeah. with, with the animated series of Jubilee and Wolverine at the time. Definitely. I think they did Catwoman and Black Cat. Which, that's yep. spot on, Spider-Man. really. Spider-Man. I was thinking that was Nightwing. Spider-Man and a Nightwing, I thought, but I don't know. Nightwing, I think, was Moon Knight. Okay, that, that makes sense. I think so. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But a bunch of weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, if someone's listening on there and uh, I'm wrong about the Nightwing and Moon Knight, uh, let me know. <laughs> so... <laughs> Leave it in the comments. Yes. Talking to you, Al. You're listening. You'll see Jared on Saturday. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's been so long. There's other smaller crossovers, like Green Lantern did one with Star Trek. Yep. And Green Lantern did Planet of the Apes also. Yep. And I think Star Trek may have done Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I think I remember Mark being excited about that. Yeah, but I don't think I read that. There was a Doctor Who crossover with one of the Star Treks. I'm thinking it was the Next Generation. Yeah. Did I talk about that last week? I don't think so. Oh, I actually have that book, and it was great when we went to the Comic-Con, and we met Michael Dorn, and I handed him the book to get him to sign it, and he was like, this is interesting. (laughs) Where did you find it? And I'm like, my local comic shop. (laughs) But he signed it? Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. Other crossovers going to TV now, the Arrowverse. 
the whole or the CW verse or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Arrow crossed over with the Flash. Constantine popped in too, didn't he? Briefly popped in a little bit. To the Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Batwoman, Batwoman, Supergirl, Star- Black Lightning. Has Star Girl yet crossed over to anything? Not that I know of. Okay. She, hers was just starting. Right. But uh, this last one, they actually tied in all of the DC TV and movies even. They had uh, Burt Ward from the old 66 show do a cameo. They had uh, Clark Kent, Tom Welling from Smallville. Uh, They did a little cameo from the Titans DC app show. They had Lucifer on there. Uh, They had the old Birds of Prey show that was canceled after, what, like 13 episodes or 15 episodes? Half a season. Half a season. (laughs) So... That was pretty ambitious. I enjoyed the Smallville bit. I was a huge Smallville fan. Definitely seems right now, Marvel has it locked down 100% with the movies. Oh, DC definitely. has it with the TV shows. Definitely. DC will use other shows to pilot, like uh, the Flash pilot was more of an Arrow TV show. Yeah. It was, you know, Barry Allen guest starred before he came the Flash, and right. they launched it from there. So those crossovers are kind of fun, how it launches into something new. Yeah, almost like a spinoff, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I'll go with my final uh, crossover is a video game, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, yeah. It came out in 2018. You can play as 80 different characters. And with all the little add-ons and stuff, there's 190 different franchises wow. into one video game. We'll be lucky to see anything ever compete with that, unless it's another Smash Brothers at this point. Because Nintendo can do whatever they want, really. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of IPs and everything. And just when I saw that, I was like, oh, I want to see how many different franchises. 190. Holy cow. Wow. That's impressive. Like, and all in one game. So that's my favorite crossover ever at this point smash brothers just because the amount of size that is and i like the game it's fun that is a staggering (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm impressed because you'd think it'd be like each character would be a franchise but there's not 190 characters are there no like i said you play as 80 characters but there are different items that are from from different games different levels that are from different games and yeah, is and I believe the franchises they didn't even count spinoffs like Luigi, like Luigi's Mansion. Oh, we're considering that part of Mario Brothers World. So like they didn't even do spinoffs. It's just oh, wow. actual different entire entities. Wow. So I don't know how accurate that internet report was, but it was the closest thing I could find to actually someone saying. So I'm going with it. There we go. So I've got one more on my list, and that was uh, actually two more: the Simpsons and Family Guy uh, crossover. Yeah. Which was what it was. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It was, they delivered what they promised. Yeah. Yep. And Supernatural's Scooby-Doo. If you're a Supernatural fan, that was a fun episode. Reminds me, I'll do a quick quick one of Simpsons and Futurama. They'd always reference each yeah. other. Yep. Going back and forth. <laughs> All right. So with that, we will move on to our best comic books of the week. And this will be our favorite comic books that came out this past Wednesday, and this will be the spoiler-free version. We'll do spoilers at the end of the show, and go from there. So, Laura, you have a bunch of notes. So, what is one of the books that you liked this week? I think that I would make Hellblazer Rise and Fall number one my pick of the week. Um, It stood out the most to me of the, the books that we read this week, and it's John Constantine. I'm trying to remember... I, I, it stood out the most, and yeah, I don't remember what happened. It had a flashback to, like, his childhood and a really defining moment when he was casting a spell with some other kids, and... It jumps later see, to when yeah. he's an adult. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's spoiler. Um, it was almost like an origin story. It, yeah. It was sense. a little bit, yeah. I mean, it was definitely, if you don't know anything about Constantine, this tells you more than enough that, like, all right, cool, I know his deal is he's deals with magic, and... He screwed up as a kid, but whatever. Here he goes. The art is fantastic. Yeah. The only thing that disappointed me, there was one, like, splash page, and they put all the, like, detail in the the crevice, so you, like, can't uh, see it. You can't it. see it, yeah. Yeah, they should have, like, offset it just a little bit. One thing with this, if you're a fan of Tom Taylor, which I am, uh, don't even bother looking into it, just pick it up and read it. Yeah. I know after I read it, I was like, man... I really like this. I don't normally like Constantine, the dark magic stuff, but like, why did I like this? Then I saw, oh, 
That's why. Tom Taylor. It's really well written. <laughs> it's That's Tom why. Taylor. Yeah. That's what he does. He who's does doing, really good writing. Who's doing Deceased also. He does. He is currently doing Deceased as well, which is also... Actually, Jared, go ahead and talk about Deceased if you okay. like. All right. Uh, Deceased has been a book, several different stories. This is the third series of Deceased. Yes. Dead Planet. We are on issue three of seven. It has actually featuring John Constantine and Swamp Thing, Zatanna, Wonder Girl, Cassie, who is now Wonder Woman, because, you know, Diana was a zombie. Right. Uh, Batman, which was Damien. Yep. And Superman, which was Connor? No, I think this one's John. Okay, John. I, I always get the two... Superboys. Yeah, I always prefer Connor, but yeah. I love the old Teen Titans series. But Probably. Superman's son, Batman's yeah. son, are both <laughs> Batman and Superman now. No tangents. Yeah. So um, there's they've found a potential cure in the last issue, issue two, with Cyborg. The story continues from there. If you remember the cliffhanger at the last issue, they were kind of going up to this building or castle and there was a moat yeah there was a moat around it that they thought there was a red liquid in there they thought it was a moat of blood yeah and it turned out to be zombie plastic man which is absolutely terrifying it was the art was fantastic it was a holy crap moment and they delivered on everything beyond that this is a book to pick up this has been a story to read so deceased dead planet uh, one of my preferred books, since we're seeming to have a pattern now of Tom Taylor, then Tom Taylor again, but zombies. We'll do Marvel Zombies, was my other one that I like this week. Written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and art by Leonard Kirk. Uh, this is a Spider-Man story. It is very focused on Spider-Man where he promised the Fantastic Four that he would look after their kids, Val and Franklin. And with, you know, anything zombies, then the world goes to crap pretty fast. So it jumps, I don't know how far into the infection, but it jumps to sometime later. They have some flashbacks with uh, Spider-Man finding the Fantastic Four's kids. Yeah, it's like he's trying to get them away from whatever caused this whole thing. Getting them and Mary Jane away from it all. But they don't really say how much time has passed, in the as I can tell, from the original invasion of the zombies and the current time of this. But yeah, the world is over at this point, and there's just select groups of survivors going through. And he said that he promised uh, Susan Richards that he would take care of the kids, and that's what he's doing. But yeah, it was not your average zombie story, that's for sure. No, it wasn't. It was very small scale for a Marvel zombie story as well. Right. I remember the first Marvel Zombies, uh, it was worldwide throughout each issue, had the Avengers, had everybody. This is very intimate of Peter and the two kids and and a group of survivors with them and everything. But yeah, this was very good. I believe it's only like a four-issue series, so four or five. It's another miniseries. They're not... They're not messing around with this. It's self-contained or pre, but yeah, it's, it was surprised me. I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. They did Marvel, Marvel zombies resurrection. Number one earlier this year or earlier this year, or late last year. It was right before COVID sometime, but I can't tell right. you when. I think Time it was end of last year, but they're like, Oh, it was a one shot, but then it ended to be continued. Like, wait, what, what is going on? I thought it was just a one shot. Why is this happening? And then this is follows right after that as another number one, which kind of annoys me that it's two number ones. And people are like, wait, didn't this already come out? Nope, this sort of did, but not res- really. Resurrection was just the teaser for this. Well, but the other one was Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one. This is Marvel Zombies Resurrection number, number one. one. It's the exact same title and numbering. Like, guys, you're killing me. Gotta love Marvel. Now, did the other one focus on Spider-Man as much as this? No, the other one focused on how the zombie infection basically comes to this universe. Okay. Yeah, they mentioned the Galactus Hive. Was that yes. the first one? That was the first one. The first, first one? So, the first one of this universe I'm going to go with at this point is Galactus from a different universe, looks like, comes into this one. And the heroes, they use their long-range scanners whatever. They can see something's going on. He's coming this way. Like, oh, we can defeat him. And they're like, oh, we breached his shielding. No problem. That's weird. Then they once they get too close, then, oh, it's because he let them in because it's a trap for the zombie infection to spread. So it ends with the Fantastic Four and most of the Avengers getting caught up with the infection and ends with that. 
So then this says, hey, well, they made it to Earth and screwed over everybody. But yeah, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, very good. Highly recommended. Yep. I think this is another good example of how it's good to talk about things even if you didn't really like it. I hate zombie books. Like, when the apocalypse comes, just shoot me. I don't <laughs> want to deal with zombies. But I like this mainly because Spider-Man's in it. But you got to give it a chance. Yeah, he's and not then, a zombie. Yeah, Andy's not a zombie yet. Yeah, I was afraid at the end. I was like, if Spider-Man dies, I'm not subscribing to this. Never again. Well, no. I, <laughs> For the I always make a lot of mistakes. I've really enjoyed both Deceased and Marvel Zombies. I love how they will zombify their characters, yeah, but they'll still have their powers. Right. That's... You think about that... Uh, zombies are scary enough, let alone super-powered yeah. zombies. Yeah, think about the characters that can turn invisible and, you know, can't so, see them coming. And it's not a spoiler. Well, it's a slight spoiler. Not really, but I don't care. One of the guns they use, I don't know if you noticed this, is Cyclops' head, zombie head, on the end of a rifle. Oh, I didn't see... I didn't notice that. So, yeah, it's a Cyclops' zombie head at the end of a rifle that they just, like, raise the visor so it keeps shooting laser beams out. It's like, oh, well, he's still... Cyclops loves his power, so we'll just keep his head and just mount it to the end of the gun. That's awesome. I didn't <laughs> notice that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed his head laying somewhere, but I didn't notice they yep. used it as a weapon. Yeah, it was at the end of one of the guns. I think Forge made it. Oh, okay. Which is what he does. He makes stuff. That's awesome. Uh, Laura, do you have any other books this week that you enjoyed? Uh, sure, I can throw out there. I kind of thought this one might be a little more PG. It was called Inkblot. It started out kind of talking about this girl and her ten siblings and how they separate out into all these realms because one of her brothers, he gained the name of the Void Breaker because he somehow broke the boundary between all these different worlds and then all the kids kind of separated into them and kind of took them over is what it seemed like I, I bet there'll be more to explain what's going on but she calls herself a librarian but she doesn't give her name the the narrator and she kind of accidentally creates a creature that i'm going to call a cat it's not it's, it looks like a cat it looks right? like a yeah. cat i thought i thought it was a cat it makes meow noises or yeah. meow yeah, it kind of reminded me, too, of that spinoff from Futurama. Disenchantment, I think, yeah. is what it is on Netflix. Yeah, that black demon that's yeah. following her around. Just, I was like, hmm, is this the same kind of thing? So she accidentally kind of summons this cat creature. And then it seems like when she follows it, it's making tears into these other realms. And she's trying to get it back to figure out if she needs to undo what she did. And I thought it was interesting. Oh, yeah, and you did say, it says meow. That's in my notes, so got to point that out. And Inkblot for, says meow. For me, like, the first three pages, I was like, I don't care about the exposition. It takes forever. And then they actually, once you get done describing the background, I was like, okay, now it's actually good. Yeah. So the first three pages for me was a little slow, but then picked up right after that, and I was good to go. It was good. It was a fun read. Jared, what are the other ones this week you liked? I enjoyed Black Widow number one. Um... I think this is ongoing. We can't really tell if it's a mini or ongoing at this time, but it uh, seems to be ongoing. It's not listed as a mini series, so I'll put it that way. It's, it's as ongoing as anything ever is in this world. <laughs> yes. Um, it has her in a mission. Without spoilers, something happens, and she kind of goes missing from the superhero world. She goes off the radar. Yeah, she's off the radar. Which they end up saying, like, you know, that's what she does. She's a spy, so occasionally she needs to scratch that itch of, like, going undercover. Right. But it's one where it's a little too off the grid for the superheroes. Uh, Bucky and Hawkeye, who were looking for her when she was dead, uh, are in this as well. Captain America has a cameo from a flashback. Um, it was really good. I'm, it, I'm really wanting to see what happens in the second issue i am definitely curious to see where they're going to go with that yeah for black widow for me i usually don't like oh it's she's a miniseries that's about all usually what's going on she's a spy whatever but yeah or whatever. she's a guest star in somebody right. else's book but i think this one has some really good potential to it it is written by oh wait this one was backwards it's at the very end because that made me mad too like i felt like this whole issue was backwards the last page the writer's kelly thompson kelly thompson yeah i was like first it's a flashback then it's a cliffhanger in the middle and then it goes back and kind of tells you more and then it ends with the page that's usually at the beginning and i'm like what is going that's on what i was looking I'm like where is that page 
<laughs> Marvel always has that page. They pulled a DC and put it at the end of the book instead of the beginning. And my favorite pick of the week this week was Batman number 98, uh, which is Joker War Part 4. So yeah, it's written by James Tynion. Tynion, the fourth? Tynion? 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 Tynion sounds better. We'll go with Tynion. Yeah. Um, so this is part four. We are coming to the, very close to being the end of Joker War. I think the next part is the final part of the Joker War. But basically, Bruce, the last few issues, has been dealing with an Alfred that's been going, talking to his head. He's like, oh, I know you're dead, but I'm still talking to you. And everyone's like, well, who are you talking to? But whatever. Um, this one, he has a full-on conversation and everything with the ghost slash mental image of Alfred in his head while Harley Quinn's trying to save him. Uh, he got poisoned by punchline with this super to- Joker toxin and Harley's using uh poison Ivy's cleansing tea brew, I guess <laughs> he got tea from Harley Quinn. Yeah. So um, I thought that was a great little, but she got from poison Ivy. Right. So, and she's trying to flush out the bad toxins in his head while she fights punchline while he's getting sober more or less. <laughs> and I love the beginning. It just has Scarecrow and the Riddler having a chess match. Yeah. It's like, why am I reading this in Joker War? <laughs> but it was great. Right. It's like, why? why? Eh, who cares? Play, and it plays in later. Right. Well, it doesn't play in. It, it they bring it back it. around to the villains of the Batman right. universe. Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like the villains were kind of hanging out because they're like, Joker War scares us a little yeah, bit. We're, we're going to regroup over here. Yeah, we're just going to hang out and see what happens and then pick up the pieces after every, everything's yeah. done. They're hiding out at Penguin's Igloo Lounge, I think is the yeah, name of it. Uh, Iceberg Lounge. Or the Iceberg Lounge. Um, but yeah, it is phenomenal. Um, it actually has my favorite panel of the week, which I will talk about in the spoilers at the end because it might have a be a spoiler might not be but just trust me that it is a great panel that is made me actually laugh out loud and i have to show it to people because like this is funny i have two favorite panels in this one book it's probably the same two that i'm thinking probably so towards the end of it yes yeah which is why why was my favorite panel and that's the hook to keep you all listening yes if you want the spoilers stay tuned and listen if you don't want the spoilers then stay tuned and listen anyway one I haven't read, but I want you to talk about, and you, I'll listen to spoilers later, is Firepower. Uh, so that's Firepower issue number three, right? Right. Uh, so issue number three, but it's also the second one that's for sale. But if you count the graphic novel, it is the third. It's a mess. So recap for Firepower. They did a graphic novel first. Then the free comic book day issue was issue one. Then they did issue two and issue three. This is issue three. It's by Robert Kirkman and I can't tell. Chris Samney um, with Matt Wilson and Russ Wooton. So Firepower 3 is more of the main character, which I don't know his name because it's still new, with his special martial arts. And he and his wife decide it's finally time to have the talk with the kids. And the talk is, hey, you should learn how to do martial arts. The kids don't know his background yet. Is definitely like, hey, you know, this is important because you never know. Like, are we in danger? No, of course not. But it's good to be prepared because we actually are in danger. It lives up to the hype. I liked it. Before. I've liked everything so far. He's teaching the kids martial arts and some super secret stuff is going on that I can't give away without spoilers. So we'll talk about that later. One that I actually picked up was We Only Find Them When They're Dead by Al Ewing. It was a Boom Studios book. And it's the first issue. It's kind of with outer space. They're an autopsy crew that find... I can't remember what they call them in the book. Is it gods? Okay, I couldn't remember if it was celestial beings or gods. I always think of Marvel, the Celestials. Yeah, the huge guys. So it's very much very similar to that. They find these corpses of these gods that are just gigantic. Think of Galactus. Yeah, think of Galactus-sized gods and their corpse, and they go in to do autopsies. Well, not as much autopsies as, hey, we're scavenging their uh, body yeah, for, the, yeah, they, for the, quote, natural resources. They call themselves an autopsy crew, right. but yeah. they scavenge their body parts and meat. And yeah, I kept calling it God Spam. God Spam. <laughs> God spam. Yeah, yeah they good. cut up the meat <laughs> and yep. they put it in the cans That's and they it. were like... We're good to go. Yeah, but uh, I was pretty interested with the story. I actually picked it up, and I'm almost to the point of putting it into my pull list. I'd like to see where issue two goes, 
I would say most of issue one is going to have very little to do with the actual story. I think so too. Which, that's and, why I haven't put it on my poll right. yet. So, and that's not a good. It's not necessarily a good or bad thing. I think. No, I um, just want to see where they're going. This is very much the prologue of like, okay, we're just saying the world of why we do what we do, and yeah. now we're going to be doing something different. Yes. Without any spoilers, yeah. that's all yeah. I can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting. Like yeah. it was something I I've never read a story like this before. It definitely has a bunch of potential. Yeah. So, next up, it will be the spoilers. So, as per usual, if you do not want spoilers, I guess, bye. But you, real fans real fans would stick around. Yes. Yeah, if you want to hear who our heroes are this yeah, week. Yeah, if you want to know who our heroes of the week are, it'll be after the spoilers. So, with that, we will continue on what I've been doing so far. Scare Laura a little bit I there. I don't know why that made me jump. I knew it was coming. <laughs> it was a little loud for us, but it, we'll fix it that was, in both ears, too. Yeah. Like, it went through my head. Yeah, it was... I yeah. got pierced. It was in stereo. Uh, so, we will now dive into the spoilers of stuff. Jared, you're chomping at the bit at something, so... Um, well, I'm looking what we should start with, and I think <laughs> we should start with the biggest surprise of the week, which was Hellblazer. Number one. I think we were all severely surprised with how good that was. Yeah, like we said before, like at least Laura and I did not care before. Not I think you did you were saying like I was not excited for this book. I didn't care. I mean had I known in advance that it was Tom Taylor, I would have been. Yeah. But it was just constant himself, I just don't care. And the cover is really cool. How he's shining in the light and just Constantine with angel wings and a halo above him. If <laughs> if yeah, and I, it's oversized. There's and only oversized. one problem I have with this book is with 90% of black labels, is that you have to get a magazine bag and board. Yes. You cannot put it with regular comic books. No. That is my only complaint. Outside of that, phenomenal. Yep. I think the art in this book is what first sucked me into it. So let's go story synopsis of it. The story, it starts with uh, his birth, or it doesn't really... I couldn't really tell if it was his birth or his friend's birth. I'm pretty sure it's his, That's, and how his dad... I was like, oh, I love you. Oh, apparently his mom had complications during childbirth and died shortly after. Yeah. And his dad never forgave him since. Nope. nope. It uh, goes right into his grave and then shows his dad being abusive, yelling at him, and him running away from his dad. Which goes back and shows how, like, in the other comic books where John Constantine's kind of a jerk. Like, no matter what, but, like. You can't really blame him, because the way he was raised, he had to be a jerk. Otherwise, he'd be dead, probably. Yep. Uh, shows him as a child smoking. So, Like you do. Yep. John Constantine, always smoking. Casting spells to raise demons, yep. like children do. <laughs> he was a smug, arrogant prick, even when he was a kid. That's what I got out of this book, and I'm okay with that. And he's trying to use magic to impress his friends. Which does not go well for the little red-headed boy. Right. I mean, to be fair, his magic didn't actually do anything. Near as we can tell. Near as we can tell. Near as we can tell. It did nothing. Like, he tried, like, oh, I'll try something, something. Nothing happened, but then all of a sudden, uh, debris got dislodged that was in a river, and there's a tidal wave came in. He got, They all got swept away. The female friends had no problem swimming and saved him, but they couldn't find the boy, the other friend. Which they found later on. Who had hit his head on a rock, it looked like. His looks head like he was busted yeah. open. And drowned then. Yeah. So near as we can tell, Magic didn't do anything, he drowned. But then we jumps to him being an adult. And of, as per usual, bad stuff, bad weird stuff is going on. Now, the one thing I inferred, but it, I don't think I actually put together right away, was uh, the girl that had saved him from the river is the grown-up yes. woman yep. in the... Yep. Okay. I think they even said the same name. I thought so, so but I didn't really put two and two together until yeah. I read it the second time around. <laughs> like, oh, that makes sense. Time jump sometimes, right. you know. They discard yeah. characters. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they're investigating the, weird bodies showing up with wings sewn into them. Like, so, like stitched into their back. And, like, I think the... Who's the person that does the autopsy? Does she actually have a name, or you well, just I guess mean what's the profession? What's the profession? It's like mortician. Yeah, or coroner. The coroner. Yeah. We'll go with coroner. Yeah. The, yes. The coroner. That's like, the person who's doing this. One. She's like, uh, these feathers aren't normal feathers for the wings. Like, I don't know what this material is, but it's definitely not normal. And what the first body is found impaled on top of a building. I don't remember which. The if it was a church old, or something. 
which the pole breaks and the body comes crashing down crashing down it's just a it's very possible a church they've got uh the like stained glass windows we're assuming it's a church but yeah it comes crashing down and lands on its head and explodes right (laughs) so like well there's no dental records if there were not anymore and yeah there someone is stealing the wings and then they find a second body where someone steals the wings before anyone can get to it but circling back you find at the end that the friend the female friend her partner gets into some trouble and gets, near as we can tell, murdered by the boy from the very beginning. Who is still child-sized and corpse-looking. Yes, so I don't know if the spell that Constantine cast when they were a kid actually worked and, like, made him a demon then, or if something else is unrelated and, like, brought him back or what. But that little boy is back and pretty evil. Reminds me a bit of, like, the Chucky doll. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Hellblazer, I forget what the subtitle is. Hellblazer, Rise and Fall. Rise and Fall. Number one, just awesome. And a surprising pick of the week. That was a good one. It's definitely worth checking. Even if you don't care or like Hellblazer, it was so well written, such a good story. It's a definite top pick. Uh, Laura, do you have any favorites you want to dive deep on? What was your other picks that you picked this week? Um, I did the ink blot and the we only find them when we're dead. Why don't you go into ink blot? I don't know that there were really any spoilers in it, though. Like, that was just my other pick. The cat. <laughs> the cat, yeah. The magic cat. It's not like uh, the cat from uh, Captain Marvel. No. It's not a flurkin. The, yeah, no, flurkin. It's not a flurkin. No. Yeah, I liked how they were using that in, shoot, which? That was in One of the zombies. comics. That was Marvel okay, Zombies. It was yeah. the zombies, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's where it came from in my mind right yeah i, I was like oh yeah it, it wasn't something else what was it we read too many books this there week. was a lot of good books this week well since we're talking <laughs> about the flurkin and the cat you want to go yeah. into marvel zombies yeah sure so like like we said earlier it starts with spider-man slash peter parker trying to save the fantastic four kids and mj and he gets knocked out by a zombie human torch wakes up and looks like it's waking up that was a dream that he had before wakes up in the modern quote time where everything's infected and awful and bad stuff is not great oh here's the panel where it has cyclops's head is the oh that's cool into the blaster okay yeah i did not realize that that's what it was i didn't realize the first time until one of the other panels later i was like oh that's cyclops's head that they're just shooting as a as a laser beam uh, and then they have a flurkin from Captain Marvel that is destroying all the zombies. So they are a bit resourceful right now. They are resourceful. Uh, they get attacked by a zombie nightcrawler, which that's what you want is a zombie oh, bamfing. one that can just teleport all yeah. around you. Yeah. They ha- they repurposed a uh, sentinel. sentinel. Thank you. I was like, I know the word, but I'm trying to blank. <laughs> but they repurposed a sentinel to be a bodyguard and detect all zombies. Like, hey, protect us from this and stuff. And they call it Nana. Right. Which they is just fun. And there's something going on with Franklin where Val is aging, but Franklin is not. Franklin is like, I'm still the older brother, even though I look younger and everything. So something something is weird with him where he's not aging like he should. Uh, but they go back to the Xavier Mansion or the Xavier School of Gifted Youngsters. Before they do that, they have a teenage angst moment where one of them yells at the other Fantastic Four children. Franklin yells at, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Val. Val, thank you. I'm like, you just said it a minute ago. <laughs> But uh, they yell at each other and draw a zombie horde. Right. <laughs> so That's when the flurkin saves them yep. with everything. But Forge wants to take them back to the Xavier school. Like, hey, this is this will be a safe spot. But they find some hidden refugees, I guess? Yeah, I was going to say, they're survivors. They don't really say. They're just kind of at the mansion. They are zombie worshippers. That's what they call it, or something oh, equivalent to that. Yes. Where they're holding out. And it turns out they're there to feed other random survivors to a zombie. Turns out it's Beast, and he is super evil. Terrifying, gigantic monster. Bigger. But it shows that these zombies are intelligent, because he still talks. And he's like, oh, you th- like, oh you're like, oh, you trying to find a cure? There's no cure, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever. Get used to this is the new way of life is me taking over. The zombies well, think they are the cure for human life. Right. They're, they're basically the next step of evolution. So is it humans, mutants, zombies? That's the next step we're just dealing with. They need better branding. People might go for it if you don't call it a zombie. <laughs> or people do go for it because it is zombie. Not this person. <laughs> but, yeah, they has them. Forge dies a very gruesome death, death to Beast. But then I think it's Moonstone? 
Yes. That destroys Beast, destroys his head, and she's like, you know what? We can't take care of these kids forever. You fulfill your obligation. You're dumb. They're just going to slow you down when you escape. And she takes off. And she takes off. And at that point, Peter's like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, this isn't my job. I shouldn't take care of you for good, whatever, blah, blah, blah. They have a flashback of him finding the kids. Is it close to this point? Uh, yeah, actually, that was the and point. They've got a, a... This one was... That got me a... The entire a, FF. Yeah. Are all zombies. zombies. And they had an invisible woman zombie who just kind of appeared. And was keeping Franklin and Val in like a bubble. Yes. For some reason. I don't know why they, she was just keeping them sealed for freshness, maybe? Could be. <laughs> Probably for safety. Could she's be. their mother. She's, Thanks for watching the kids. Zombie. Mother will take care of it from here. Like, And then they kind of go a back away from the flashback. So Peter's got the kids, but he never does find Mary Jane... So we near don't know. We tell. Yeah, near as we can tell. So we don't know what's happening right now. Uh, then he wakes up from that dream. All the kids are gone. Everyone's gone. Then all of a sudden, a zombie moonstone comes in. Yeah. She destroyed the sentinel, and she's like, "All right, you know, I told you this wasn't. You know, you had no chance before. So I'm the proof." Then she gets ready to bite Peter. Then all of a sudden, wick, 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 whomp, thwomp, whomp. She falls apart, and Blade to the rescue. Yep. So, Blade is still alive. He's teamed up with Spider-Man and the FF kids. Well, they don't have the FF kids at the very end, do they? Um, I'm assuming they're okay. Uh, yes. Are they? Because it shows them with the Flurkin. Oh, with the Flurkin. That's the right. Yep, you're right. So, he did find them. Um, she it looks like she just knocked out the kids when she destroyed the Sentinel. They're waking up, and then Blade to the rescue somehow he found them and yeah it was very good i really enjoyed it next spoiler what you want to do jared uh let's hit black widow okay because that was pretty interesting that was a pretty brief description beforehand too yeah um it starts out with her in a mission we don't know what the mission is or anything she's spy stuff yeah spy stuff she's in a room with a whole bunch of bad guys beating the crap out of them uh next thing you know she's in her uh, um she goes into the next few rooms and goes across the buildings, meets Captain America, and then she goes back to her apartment, it looks like, and gets uh, tranquilized as she's coming in through the window and falls back out of the window. So, just disappears, yeah. falling from the sky. No so one knows what happens. It cuts to three months later, and she's basically working as, what would you say, she's getting coffee for a construction crew. Um, she still has her muscle memory. But she doesn't seem to have her memory of her spy life or superhero life. Almost like a housewife. Yeah. But not necessarily married. Like, I don't know. It's and I don't know what you would call that, but... Why so. is a housewife outside the house? <laughs> she does, she's not working. She's getting stuff well, she's, for a significant a, partner. A like, secretary. Oh, do you think this guy is her... Her partner? I thought that she was... I, I mean, when she, she jumps, when she jumps up on him at the end and gets takeout and everything... Oh, I didn't oh, think this the was the same guy. guy. I was I was thinking maybe it was the same relation at some point. I don't know. Well, it could, that could be. be a it could be jumping to conclusions. She, could, she very well could just be a coffee secretary. Who knows? But it's definitely far from being the spy life. Right. So she's walking down the street, uh, kind of doing some almost window shopping. With her, she sees a motorcycle she likes, stuff like that. She is walking by and walks by a TV crew who are filming a news article super casual yeah and hawkeye sees her in the background so he calls bucky and they're like okay here she is why what's going on have, have you been in contact do you know why yeah. like if she's undercover that's a terrible job of undercover because she's like right there on the news yeah. they even say she's she was if she was undercover she's not foolish enough to walk by a tv crew right so um they find out she is in san francisco they're obviously going to go to san francisco to try to find her and at the end she is walking up to some guy it could be one of the construction crew members from before some sort of significant other yeah some sort of significant other and plants a kiss on him and within that like she got a motorcycle which is very black widow yeah but from the sounds of the way the boyfriend reacted is not of her character she's he was like why did you do that she's like i just had to have it i don't yeah. know why but i had to have this motorcycle so 
So apparently she has good money or he has good money to be able to like, oh, spur a dime. I just want that motorcycle. Yeah. Give me that. It doesn't seem like she stole it. Right. I have a theory. She might be an architect. She was bringing in blueprints and showing them okay. a different oh, okay. fire access point. So okay. I think that might be the money. Oh, okay. She might not just be a housewife out <laughs> bringing coffee. It just seemed very odd. That, yeah. Women and, can have jobs, too. But they're like, oh, you have to wear your helmet. It's like, no, I'm not I'm not wearing this helmet. Yeah, that was bullcrap. Safety is beyond <laughs> fashion. Just like to put that PSA up. That's why, to I me, wanted to say that earlier. To me, that's why it felt like she was not normally working there or with that company. It's just like, she's like, no, no, I'm not wearing a helmet. Like, I don't care. That's... That's what you need to do. I like the yeah. one the one construction worker who's like, even if you fall from this height, you're going to die instantly. The helmet's not going to do a thing. But it's more than great accidents. There could be minor things that could have knocked you out that it would save you from. But it could uh, be character development later because when she gets that motorcycle, she has the helmet on. Oh, I yeah, didn't think about that. that surprised me so. that she wore the helmet for that. But I, didn't, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. So, and the end of it, it has cameras set up around her house uh, where she's kissing her significant other and it has the villain arcade and And she's wondering when can we kill the black uh yeah he sorry is wondering when can we kill the black widow so apparently he has something to do with involved with the drugging and brainwashing whole setup of everything but it implies that somebody else is behind it right someone is someone has contracted him to toy with and then kill her which Correct. who knows? It could be toy with and use her as bait, or it could be actually just the tormentor. Who knows? Who knows with Arcade what his strategy is? Could be. One other thing that I like this week with with spoilers. You're you ready for this, Jared? Yes. Uh, firepower. We talked about it. he has not read it yet, but he's okay with spoilers. As should the listener. I'm gonna read it either way. Um, the biggest thing with this is while the protagonist is teaching the kids how to martial arts the wife comes in and she holds her own like she is like step and step you know in line with him he's distracted by a butterfly and then she clocks him right over the head with a kick well isn't she a police officer so that's why she can handle herself well i think she has some of his hidden training also because I think it was issue two where like they were chasing a criminal, like she just jumped straight up, jumped over a fence. Also, in this issue, they were trying to arrest someone, get it, arresting somebody. Her and her partner is arresting someone. The partner is not paying attention while cuffing him. The dude like breaks free, and she just roundhouse kicks him, knocks the criminal straight out. Like she is definitely has some extra martial arts training than your average police officer does. They're extra extra good martial artists. But then you find out that her partner is working with his old uh, his old his old martial arts master. So it's very intense and dramatic. And him and his wife are teaching their kids martial arts. Yeah, it looks like. Yep, and that's why when he ended up sparring with her, like, no, no, you need to do like this, and then, like they show off their abilities and go from there. Uh, I have one more spoiler book. How many do you have, Jared? We only find them when they're yeah. dead and deceased. And Batman are the three. Okay, so let's go over where we find them when they're dead. Okay. Um, It was, uh, like we said before, a story about an autopsy crew. We kind of gave spoilers before. Not really. I mean... To a degree. Um, There's some time jumps. It talks about a little boy and his mother, and she is explaining what they do. And at the end of it, it's him as an old man. So it starts out with them scavenging. Just a quick recap. They scavenge got dead gods. That's their job. They they are going after the less demand things because they don't want to have to claim fight with other people. But it ends with them saying, all right, guys, we got this run done. We're going to actually go after a live one now. Yeah. That no one's ever been able to find a live one. Apparently, they have some sort of lead or something. So they are breaking their contract with their employer to go rogue to try to find the living gods still. And I guess that's the biggest spoiler of that. Like, yeah, that's, so, it's kind of hard that we described right. what the synopsis is and where they're going next, we think. Right. So, yeah, everything we've seen so in this issue will mean... It's just a prologue for everything else afterwards. Like, yes. This is, okay, Why? who these gods are, what that means to the current civilization... My guess is the rest of it will be them actually finding the living gods and trying to deal with that. Yes. But Sounds like this was an issue number one. It is definitely an issue number one. <laughs> but at least a lot, you know, most issue number ones, you can see where they're going. This one, like, 
okay. That's wide open. It's a huge hard turn at the end to see where it actually leads to next. I'll do my final spoiler edition of this week, which was Batman number 98, Joker War Part 4. It is some pretty emotional stuff with Batman slash, well, I guess this is more Bruce than Batman talking to Alfred, even though Alfred's dead, and dealing with the death of Alfred. It talks about, you know, you always made this tea as like your own little subtlety, like depending on what mood I was in, like how much he would pay attention and how Alfred would take care of him like as a son without actually saying the different things. Like, oh, I said I'd love you by doing this, not by actually saying that. And while that's all going on, Harley Quinn beating up Punchline, they have their quips back and forth. But for me, the heart of the story was really the way Bruce was dealing with the death of Alfred and right. everything. One of, my, one of the favorite panels I have is when Punchline shows up. Harley Quinn calls her Punching Bag instead of Punchline. I thought that was great. I'm like, that's totally Harley. Yeah, that's an insult on multiple levels. Because sometimes when you call an old woman a bag. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and just the no, going diving in deeper, knowing how Joker treats Treat his girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, very um, abusive yeah. too and like no you're, you're going to be a literal punching bag he will beat you up because that's just the way he treats everybody but for me like the last two page two full pages was just dramatic where like alfred snaps and like says no you are batman you what is the line you are batman you need to accept the world you can live in and accept what you can control except what you cannot control as well like he is like you have always kept on to this childhood dream that's great and all but it is time for you to grow up, deal with it, and accept what you can and cannot change, and move from there. And he smacks Bruce. Yeah, and Bruce finally, like, finally truly hears him. Like, he would always listen, you know, he was always like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, no, no, take this for serious. This is the last time. And it, it finally gets through to him that he needs to take control of his life. But then he gets cleaned up, and he wakes up to the Harley punchline battle, whatever, and then... Punchline's like, wait, no, that's impossible. There's enough drugs. You should be out for like a week. He's like, well, but I'm Batman. (laughs) I'm Batman. That's all he said. Right. He knocks her out. And my favorite panel of the entire thing um, is set up with him saying, um, all right, we need to call my family. We need to get everything back together. We need to stop this. And Harry's like, how? You know, your stuff's knocked out. Yes. And uh, don't underestimate what I can fit in this utility belt. I call it the Bat-Turi. This is my favorite panel is the battery. I loved it, the battery. And her reply, no, you effing don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so he ends up calling in the family to try to save every, save Gotham and everything. And he ends with a smile. And like he has hope renewed. And just the fact that he calls a battery the battery is hey, just phenomenal. Bruce Wayne has a sense of humor. <laughs> Bruce Wayne has a wonderful sense of humor there. <laughs> and it ends with... Uh the call to Catwoman, and Catwoman is recruiting the Penguin and Riddler and everyone there. Or it looks like she's getting well, ready she's to pay them. She's going like, right. She's going to convince them to turn yes. against the Joker to actually take a side in the Joker yeah. war. Because Penguin says, uh, "Why on earth would you think you can uh, recruit us into superheroes during a Joker attack of all times or of all things?" What if I can make you a billion? And that's where that ends. So the next is the final signal. Theoretically, the final part of the Joker War within the Batman story. And if you have not re- been reading this, you are a fool. You should read it, or at least read it and trade once it comes out. Because it is, I would say, the best Batman book of the last five years. Easily. The only thing that I can c- contend with recently, uh, the last ten years, would say, I would say the Court of the Owl stuff with the beginning of New 52. That's the closest thing that would compare to this. Yeah. But this is still so good. Yeah. I didn't care for the story arc where Jim Gordon was Batman for a while. But that was, that was after. After everything. Yeah, that was a weird time when yeah. Batman was dead. But <laughs> It's always a weird time when Batman's dead. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say, again, Joker War is the best Batman story. And your final spoiler-filled. Uh, it has uh, deceased Dead Planet number three. Um, at the end of the last issue, they find out that the moat around the castle building, wherever they're coming up on, is Plastic Man, a zombified Plastic Man. So they're encased into a, an Earth-like bubble, uh, pretty much like what Groot did to the Guardians in the first Guardians movie. I'm guessing Swamp Thing did this to the survivors 
uh, John Constantine, Zatanna. I think it was Detective Poison Ivy that did most of that. Oh, could, it could I be. I think it was Bo- Poison Ivy's The Green, I think is what they, or no, The Green is what he green, follows. Yeah. But I think it, that's either Poison Ivy's or it's the one that's very similar, but I'm pretty sure that was Poison Ivy's that they did at the end of the first deceased. Oh, you could be right there, yeah. But it's basically like what Guru did for the Guardians in the movie. Uh, and Zatanna wakes up and creates Hellfire to burn Plastic Man. And they said the burnt of uh, human flesh is nasty, and so is plastic. The combination is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Two things you do not want to mix. So they're off on their... They're coming up on to the fortress now, and it's basically run by Penguin. Damian Wayne Batman meets uh, Jim Gordon. Again, they finally reunite. And they're talking about... Uh, Bruce and being unemotional. <laughs> Bruce doesn't have a feelings, and then yes. Damien and Gordon hug it out. Yep. Um, Superman was injured as well, and Doctor Fate and Mary Marvel patched him up. So it's, it has the um, stone that the Marvel family lives in. I, I can't, no I can't think of what it's called now, but uh, they're there, and they're in Poison Ivy's garden. So they're trying to figure out how to get the cure from Cyborg. And they go through, and John Constantine basically says, I'm going out to try to figure this out, and goes to Mr. Miracle to get his mother box, because they need uh, apocalyptic... Apocalyptic technology. Yes. Because the deceased virus start, started on Apocalypse. There. Yes, it originated there. Near as we can tell. And since he's apocalyptic... And uh, he's got a mother box, uh, apparently. But uh, they're going to try to have him hack into Cyborg to get the cure and save the world. They're going to New Genesis next. There's a couple things in there that I really liked was after they saved Penguin and the criminals, they basically pieced out. They're like, no, screw you. You're awful still. Well, the point I missed was they're working also with Dr. Ivo, who created Amazo. Yep. The robot that could basically absorb... Any power. Any power. And he's got a whole... Whole army. So they're... house of them. So even though they're, they're villains, they're still going to do villainous things. Like, all right, well, we'll survive this, and then we'll still take over the world. Yeah, because... they're basically going to use Amazo to recreate human life to a degree. An artificial human life, I guess. So we'll have, we'll see how that well that goes. I'm betting Amazo will absorb the virus and corrupt all of them. The heroes have something even worse to do. We're only on issue three. Right. <laughs> three of seven, right? Yes. All right, so with that, that is our spoilers of everything. So now we'll move on to our Who's Your Favorite Hero of the Week? Ba-da-ba-da-da. I don't have a sound key for that one. You need to work on that. Uh, so who's your favorite hero of the week, Laura? Oh, since, I need, to, since I need to work on that. <laughs> I'll go first. I've got one. Okay, taking <laughs> the bullet. I'm going to say it's Alfred, even though it's not Alfred, how he brought Bruce Wayne back and got to smack Bruce and yell at him. I was this close to picking Alfred also. So. I was so close to picking him. I was like, oh, do it. It's not really Alfred there. My other one would have been Harley Quinn, how she was basically protecting Batman from Punchline while he was sobering up from the tea she gave him and between the tea and Alfred slapping some sense into him. But I'm going to say Alfred. I am going to choose Batman, who was thinking of Alfred at the time and and the drug hallucination (laughs) um, because of the whole Alfred thing also. That was just phenomenal. And they had a bonus of the battery at the end of the issue. That was like, all right, this is is wonderful. (laughs) So Batman is my hero of the week. Hmm. Now I'm torn. I was going to go with a real life hero, but I wonder if I should stick. You can do whatever you want. All right. Uh, this is super um, kiss butt, though. So, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, sucking I, up? Yeah, sucking up. That's a better way to say it. Uh, I think I'm going to pick my mom because I've been doing a lot of projects while I've been on uh, vacation this past week. And every time I get done with something, I'm like, Mom and Dad would have done this in like two hours. It just took me like eight. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, they made everything look so simple that I think I can do stuff now. And it's not fair. She's my hero, and I'm mad about it. How dare she make it look easy? Yeah. I think she has a little more experience is all. Yeah, possibly. I I think you're comparing impossible standards at that point. But but that's good to hear that she's your hero. For this week. For this week. Maybe next week I'll do dad. (laughs) So with that, uh, thank you for listening. 
thank you for talking to a, a, the podcast about or with us in the store, uh, Al. If you're still listening, well, that was cool hearing that you actually listened to it and yeah. giving pointers. Yeah. Thanks, um, Al. Oh, and Al, thanks for the beer that you gave me, the Stone Cold Steve Austin beer that I have in the fridge. So that's that extra thank you. Um, so yes, please, uh, if you can rate it, if it's on a service that you listen to, it has rating, do that. Subscribe, share. Uh, I have several friends on Facebook that have not been sharing it that I know they're listeners. So you're letting me down guys. He's staring at me. <laughs> well, you don't have to, you don't have to since you're part of the show, but it wouldn't hurt. I admit, I didn't really share it until I liked it a little better. Like the one week when we actually had a like itinerary and knew what we were doing i shared that one because i was like oh i want people to hear me talk about this one i think anyone who knows me knows that i'm not big on social media that's why it'd be that much more important once you post people like oh we have to pay attention to this yes he never posts anything what is this right so yes share or at least subscribe i guess if you like our stuff buy our stuff alteracomics.biz if you don't like our stuff then still buy our stuff because why not yeah, have a book burning. Right. Um, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you, again, if you want us to talk about certain things, email me at alex at alteryoucomics.com. I, I'm the one that's running this for the most part. Yeah, if there's something you want us to talk about. If you want to talk with us, we can. We have the technology. We can have you call in. We can figure that out. If we trust you, we might let you in the house, but we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and I think we'll just see you guys next time. And we're clear.